Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, everybody, and welcome. This is Sandy, and I am the founder of LastFirstDate.com, and I want to thank you for joining us here today. Last First Date Radio is a show about achieving healthy, off-the-charts love in the second half of life. And we have a fabulous show coming up today. I'm going to be speaking with Wendy Williams about happiness and how to have blissful relationships. Uh, Really important. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize that you can you can really have really happy relationships no matter what your past has been no matter what your history of relationships has been it's really possible to change the trajectory of your relationships and that's really what i stand for as a dating coach i i love helping people to first of all, be in love with themselves. Um, And I do believe that every good relationship starts with self-love, with really honoring and loving yourself and valuing yourself. And I do believe that the more you come from that place of self-love and valuing yourself, um, the higher the relationship is going to be in terms of attracting somebody who you deserve, somebody who's more like you. Um, You really align with somebody who is at the same level of self-esteem as you. Um, And that's something that I realized after my divorce, um, that a lot of the relationships that I had attracted into my life came to me uh, because of how I felt about myself. And um, I, I love helping Women and men, some brave men who come to me, um, really have the relationship of their dreams. And and there are definitely skills in relationships, which we're going to speak about a little bit today uh, with Wendy Williams. And uh, I do want to let you know that I have seen mistakes happen over and over again in relationships. We are too close to our relationships sometimes to really see what we're doing that is sabotaging our relationships. And so what I have done was taken all my research and created a free guide for you. And it outlines the top three mistakes that midlife daters make. And I give actionable steps to how you can turn those mistakes around and really attract the person that you deserve. So I would love for you to have a copy if you don't have one yet. It is my gift to you. You need to just go to my website, lastfirstdate.com, and you can sign up right there on my homepage because I want you to go on your last first date. And I also want to make sure that you know about my Facebook page. It's called Your Last First Date. It's actually a Facebook group, and it's a private group, but um, any woman over 40 who is single is welcome to join us. Um, All you need to do is ask to join, and I will approve you. So go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash your last first date. I also want to give a shout-out to our sponsor, audibletrial.com forward slash last first date. Audible is a fantastic resource for books on tape 
and I actually was just going to order one today. Um, somebody just told me about a great resource for self-love, and it's since it's something that I teach, one of my clients thought that I would enjoy the book. So I am uh, right now um, ordering that book. So Audible is um, is a wonderful resource if you love to read but don't always have time to sit and read a book listen to a book instead and um with audible trial you will get a free book and a free trial of the service for a month and you get to keep that free trial book no matter what you decide so just go to audibletrial.com forward slash last first date and claim your free gift and now i'd like to introduce my special guest her name is wendy williams and she is a relationship advisor and a coach. She weaves together her background as a nurse, an educator, a speaker, and a personal development coach to help people, and both individuals and couples and communities, shift from soul-draining to soul-satisfying connection or reconnection. I love that, soul-satisfying Bearing witness to oncology and HIV-AIDS patients living and dying over the years as a nurse in Boston hospitals, along with her own marriage rebirth, led her to bring the best of the best to relationship health. No other success can compensate for failure in the home. Without attention and care, marriages wither and dry up, but happier is possible. So join me now as Wendy speaks about how to have a blissful relationship. Welcome to the show, Wendy. Hi, Sandy. How are you? I'm so glad to be here. This is just a, a thrill and an honor. Thanks. Oh, thank you. Excited to have you here because this is one of my favorite topics. And I think a lot of people think that it is what it is. You, you know, it can't get any better. It's kind of stale. Um <laughs> And so I'm so glad you speak about how we can improve marriages. So first, let's hear a little bit about you and how did you come to this place of marriage coaching? Oh, it's, that's a very interesting story. So I am a registered nurse by background, and I, had, I didn't get married until the advanced age of 38 years old. So I don't know exactly if I fit into your category, but I was 38 <laughs> years old. And I got married and I, you know, I was never anybody that was saying, oh, I'm dreaming about the white dress and the flowers. And, you know, I wasn't a, a young woman that was raised up as kind of romanticizing or envisioning partnering with anybody. I was very self-satisfied. I grew up a girl in the 70s, right? I, I grew up, you know, uh, being told that women could have it all and all that good stuff. So, oh, goodness gracious. I apologize. <laughs> no, 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 no. So anyway, I grew up that way, and so I got. I, it was a very considered uh, decision to get married to this guy at this time. He was a divorced man with two little kids, and he was a very self-sufficient guy, very independent. We had a lot in common, and I came home one day. I had the dry cleaning over one arm. I had three grocery bags in the left hand. I was walking up to the second floor walk-up where we lived at the time, and I had worked a 10-hour day as a nurse in town, and he had worked eight or 10 hours, whatever it was, and I was going to come home and make a nice dinner. And I opened the door, and there was dishes in the sink. There was laundry in the baskets. There was, you know, it was chaotic in the house. And there he was, sitting on the couch, playing the banjo. 
And I was like, are you kidding me? And I threw everything down. I said, I didn't get married for this. I'm not, I'm not your go get the laundry girl. I'm not your come home and cook a nice dinner for you while you do the banjo thing. I mean, I was furious. And I was uh-huh. also very confused because I know this guy. I know this man. I had a lot of respect for him. I didn't get it. And Are you still there? Permission oh, okay. really... Yeah. Do you hear me? Yeah, I just, you're, you you're breaking up a little bit. Oh, oh okay. So I'm, I'm information driven and I'm like very, very curious. So I said, what's going on? I know this is a good man and I know I'm a smart woman. And what, what, what am I missing here? So it sent me on a kind of a, a journey of doing a lot of reading and going on um, weekend retreats with my husband and, and so forth. And the light kind of dawned. The thing that made the biggest impact was reading that marriages actually go through developmental stages, very similar to what individuals go through developmental stages. And there are, there are points in time that are more fun, and there are points in time that are less fun. For instance, with human beings, adolescence, pimples, voice changing, you know, not so much fun. And there's an adolescence to relationships, too, that isn't as much fun. But on the other side of it is something really wonderful. So mm. I just kind of, it's just my own personal journey of being confused, but yet pretty certain that I knew that I had a quality man in my life and that I was a quality woman. I said, there's got to there's gotta be something more to, more to what's going on than meets the eye. And sure enough, that's really, I would say, the underpinnings of my whole approach to coaching, my whole approach to working with couples and individuals is that we're taking things very personally that aren't particularly personal. They're either developmental, they're social, or they're biologic. And we keep saying, in my case, that Jeff is a real jerk, or that Wendy's kind of cranky. It isn't about Wendy and Jeff. It's about women. It's about men. It's about society. It's about developmental stages. It's about a lot of things. Mm. Well, that whole thing about not taking things personally, personally. I'm getting feedback now. I don't I don't know if something just changed. Are you on a speakerphone by any chance? I am not on a speakerphone, no. Okay. All right, now it's better. Um, okay. I don't know what's happening, but now it's good. Okay, so, um, okay. yeah, that we tend to take things personally in relationships in general, and um, and often it's our own personal triggers. It's things from our past. It's, you know, like you said, it can be so many so many different things, and I think you said a couple of really important things. One is that you didn't romanticize marriage, and and you found this guy, and he seemed great. And so it sounds like you had a really strong foundation that you started with, which some people don't. Um, you know, they start out with wishful thinking and, and definitely romanticizing. And so I think you started with a stronger core for a relationship. Um, but also that marriages and any relationship goes through highs and lows. And we, we definitely, there are stages to relationship. And I've had on several guests yeah. who've talked about the stages that we go through. So, you know, we can't expect things to always be the same um, because we are changing human beings. So I think this it's really, really important points that you bring up. Um so 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 let's talk a little bit more about that and about how marriages today are a little bit different from in the past and um and some of the core reasons for that. 
Absolutely. I find this really, really fascinating. And um, a lot of times I'll put stuff out on my own social media, hashtag not your mama's marriage. Mm-hmm. Because it really, we, we really can't look backwards. We really can't look up and over to our aunts and our grandmas and our moms or, or other people to kind of um, help us with this terrain because it's very, very different. We've undergone a sea change in, in marriages and relationships in the past 35, 40 years. And the biggest reason for that really is the women's movement. Women have undergone a deep self-reflection and also are, are in the world in a very different way in the last 35, 40 years. And men have not undergone such a similar journey. And so uh, very general terms here, please. I hope nobody in the audience takes things too personally and says, yeah, but my situation is not like that. Of course, I'm talking broad strokes here. Um, and that, you know, women in general are out in the world making it happen, making a living, and so forth. And a lot of the, the social contract that went on in generations past with marriages was a division of labor, if you will. You go out, you earn the living, I'll stay home with the kids, I'll figure out when they go to the dentist, I'll make sure they do their homework, I'll make the food, you bring me the money, I'll go shop for it, it will all work out. And it was basically what, what um, Terry Real, Terrence Real, one of my favorite researchers and uh, therapists out there, calls a companionship marriage. And nowadays, we have actually gone to a place where women are required, well, women, you know, the relationship is about intimacy. And it's very, very different. And men generally are not looking to the marriage to be, to, to, for everybody, to, for the men to be completely everything, they're everything to their women. Women have gone, moved away from using their female people groups for, for, uh, for uh, getting rid of some stress or for talk, talking, for socializing, for um, just, just being women. And we're now looking more and more to the relationship, and there's a lot more stress on it than there ever was before. So there's just so much going on that's so different that, again, when I talk about being personal, you know, taking things too personally, I'm saying I must be married to the wrong guy or I'm married to the wrong gal. She seemed so great when we were dating or when we were first together, but now it's just gone, you know, to hell in a handbasket. So it must be because I picked the wrong person. But what's going on are these stages and and this, this social contract that we're all living under that we don't really have role models to look back to. So it's really causing mm-hmm. a lot of very personal havoc with people breaking up or not, or not staying together, and, um, and a lot of fallout from that, a lot of pain, a lot of heartache, and a lot of fear. I know that you're, a lot of your clients and a lot of the people listening are women over 40 who maybe want to try again or try for the first time. There's a lot of fear, and there should be because we don't have much to look to that shows success. Uh, yeah, so it is it is interesting with the women's movement. I'm getting feedback again, Wendy. I don't know why. I'm I'm not doing anything. I'm just... I, I, I don't badly. know. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. What should we do? Um, well, it worked before. Now it's, now it's okay again. Okay. So okay. <laughs> let's, let's keep going. Um, okay. So... The the thing about the women's movement, I think that a lot of men 
men are confused um, because yeah. women seem to be able to do it all. And I think a lot of women are giving off that message that we're so independent and we have, you know, we can run the house and we can go out and, and make a living and um, we don't really need a man. And so yeah. men feel marginalized. Women, women get resentful because they really do want a man, but they're afraid to say that they want it because that feels weak. And it's, it's a confusing time that we live in, and I think we have to redefine the roles of men and women. And I think that, um, yeah, so it's, it, is, it is a tough time to have a relationship, but in many ways it's very exciting. Um, so, how, so what do we do? Um, how, do we, how do we navigate this crazy 21st yeah. century? No, that's a really good point, and I think that you're right. Men are confused, and they do feel marginalized because back in the day, Again, there was a very specific role. I can put a smile on my woman's face when I bring home a paycheck. I can put a smile on my woman's face when I'm, you know, when I, when I go off to work every day or whatever. And now there's a difference. Women say, I can go get my own paycheck. Thank you very much. I need help with the kids when I come home. I don't need mm-hmm. your money. I can take the care of this myself. So they do feel marginalized. You're absolutely right. And so uh, let me... Um, I think I'd like to flip the question, if you don't mind, because I think this is really key. Remember my husband, Jeff, playing the banjo? Mm-hmm. Okay, I figured out what that was about. I didn't figure it out. But thanks to people like John Gray, mm. did you know that at the end of a day, a man's testosterone level, testosterone is a very important hormone that we can all kind of laugh and giggle about. It grows hair and it makes men sexually active. That's true. But it also fights men's stress levels. If there's not enough testosterone in their body, their bodies don't, they don't deal with stress very well. They're kind of on edge. And in order for men to regenerate their stores of testosterone, do you know what the, the number one way to do that is? Muscles Played that are at complete rest. Muscles mm, that are at complete rest. So they come home at the end of the day. What do they do? They sit down in front of the TV, you know, ideally. they sit, For them, ideally. They sit down in front of the TV. They just chill out. They go into their man cave and so forth. It's, very, it's got a physiological reason. It's not just, oh, whatever, it might, you might surmise. It has a very physiological reason. So if hmm. a man is, is, is allowed to come home and de-stress and stuff like that. Now, women, on the other hand, They've done, they've done an amazing study, which they've tested women's stress hormone, called cortisol, on the job. Men and women, head-to-head. Men and women have X amount of stress hormone floating around during the workday. Women, twice that of men during the workday. Women and men come home at the end of the day. Men's stress level goes down, and women's stress level actually increases so that in the evening time, women have four times the amount of stress hormone swimming around than men do, okay? So one of the key things that men can do to feel like they can put a smile on a woman's face so that they can feel like they're important because men, women do need men. And the most important thing that women need men for is that connection, is that time to listen to them and not offer up solutions, but just listen. And also the most wonderful way that a woman's stress level can come down and her oxytocin can be increased greatly is through romance. Romance. So mm-hmm. these are the, the three magic phrases. I, I would love it if your listeners could take away these two points. Three magic phrases 
for men to use with women. So women, write this down and tell your guy three magic phrases is really tell me more about that. And how about, (laughs) wow, that sounds tough. And, hey, is that all? Is there more? Those three phrases, when a woman at the end of the day, 10 magic minutes of just listening face-to-face and not offering solutions, not saying, what do you mean your boss said that? Just send him an email and tell him these five things. Or don't worry about Johnny's D in math. He'll be fine. No, 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 no. Zip it. Just say, really? Tell me more about that. Wow, that sounds tough. Is that all? Is there more? Those three I love things, it. <laughs> ten minutes of time, a woman's uh, stress level is going to come way down, and she's getting that from the person that she wants it from the most, a listening ear and, and a loving gaze from somebody that she really, really cares about. But i got to tell you, that goes against a man's, every fiber of a man's being is about let's either kill it or run away from it. Uh-huh. They want to solve the problem. They want to kill it or run away from it. They don't want to swim around in it. Women are wired to swim around in it. And so that's a key way that men can help women. Now, do you want to hear what I think would be great for women is to do for men to help them feel more like that they, like you said, important and 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 part of their lives. Yes. <laughs> All right. Good. So guys can can feel dismissed. Guys can feel um, like they're they're not on the same page, you know, because we think so much quicker. We think with all four quadrants of our minds, our brains. Men are very kind of linear, one thing at a time. And that's, again, there's some really good physiological reasons for that. But let's just take that at base value. That's really the way it is. They're not kidding. Okay? So w- these are three great ways that a woman could say to a guy, hey, that's a good idea, as opposed to saying, well, what about these other 17 options? Hey, that's a good idea. That makes sense. And the third one, this is a killer for a lot of us. Oh, you're right. <laughs> so those three things <laughs> for women to say to men will really help a man feel like they're they're really helping you, that they're really, because really men are wired to what, they see a smile on a woman's face as a physiological uh, jump to that. There's something really, really important. Men want to be the hero. They want to be. They want to be your emergency guy. You know. Um, so there's there's just so many things I think that that we we can do that are so very very simple that will lead to like you said a soul satisfying and not a soul draining relationship that can lead to more bliss. And they're pretty simple. They're very simple, they're and very it's simple. this is. Um, very smart. Uh, very again, I'm getting feedback again. <laughs> I don't. I don't hear anything different. It's so silly. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, it I'm goes so in sorry. and out. And now, now it's good again. Okay. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. So what I love about these is that it it takes into consideration that men and women are not clones of each other. That we are very different in how our brains function and how we process information. And we need different things. And once we can, this is all about not taking it personally. You know, it's about understanding each other and and seek to understand. So once you do, then you know the phrases that are magical, that are 
really um, connecting and that help to create a better relationship because we're not fighting each other. We're actually connecting. So right, the, the phrases right. for men to use with women, um, you know, instead of fixing, and I think women need to really let men know that. And it's something that I teach because I'm a big proponent of, of teaching how to communicate. And I'm about to actually relaunch my communications course for women. And this is for women who are married or single. Um, and it's, it's really, number one, you have to understand your own feelings and needs. You know, it's not just about right. trying to connect with somebody else. But for women to understand men and men to understand women is critical. Um, so, right. it, you know, instead of... Happens. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, instead of thinking that we that we all should be responding in the same way, I mean, that's ridiculous. And it's it's not just about men and women, um, you know, being different. It's also that all of us have different ways of processing. We have different personalities. We have different love languages. Some people need affection. Some people need touch. Some people need words of affirmation. I mean, we are just different people. And so a person isn't rejecting you because they aren't responding in the way that you think you need to be responded to, and they can't read your mind. Um, that's a big one, too. Um, so, you know, you've yeah. got to say, if you if you don't want him fixing it, you need to say, you know, honey, can you just listen to me now? That would really mean so much if you just sat here and held my hand and listened to me, gave me a hug. I just need right. to vent right now. I don't need solution. Is that okay? Would that work for you? I mean, talk <laughs> right exactly and in this some some great you know it, you know you don't even have to go into the science but for me the science is pretty interesting right mm-hmm. so women women's day-to-day stress levels day-to-day normal stress johnny got the d on the report card the bills are piling up the the you know the laundry's piling up that stress puts women into an emotional eight times more of an emotional response than a man a man on day-to-day level my son's getting a D in his report card. There's a lot of laundry piling up. I got to vacuum out the car. He's not getting stressed. His stress, I mean, his emotional center's not getting pinged with that. It doesn't get pinged until it's high-level stress, like somebody's in the neighborhood with a gun or something like that. Then he gets emotional. So that uh-huh. emotional difference is also very, very, very different. And And you're absolutely right. You take these basic male characteristics and male hormones and female characteristics and female hormones and then you mix in our background our culture our you know do are we you know do we what love language do we see so you get everything else in there but it, for, from for my money the for my money just to realize that you are genetically uh, your gender is female my gender is male and there's so much already in there that's, that's, I don't want to say immutable, but you know what I mean, immutable. It's, 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 it's baked in. It's part of us. That can take so much starch out of messy interactions, so much mm-hmm. starch out of it. It's like saying, yeah. um, it's like saying to your, uh, your two-year-old uh, child that's running around in diapers, really? Did you just mess your diaper again? I'm I'm really uh-huh. starting to take personal offense to this. I'm really upset with you. I really wish you wouldn't. Maybe we should think about separating. I mean, it's ridiculous. They're <laughs> developmentally, they're developmentally not prepared to do anything else other than do what they do with diapers. 
but it's like being really angry at this child for having this body. That's what happens when we're really angry at a guy for needing to rest when he comes home or really angry at our wives for wanting to talk. It's like, uh-huh. it's, 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 it's just, it's just not realistic. And if we just said nobody, well, most people don't go, I really can't stand my child because they're still in diapers. We might say, I, I can't wait for the stage to be done, but we might, but, but we accept it and we lovingly change their diapers most of the time. That's what and I'm then suggesting. we train them. And then we train yeah, them. We toilet train them. So there we have to do go. the same with people that we're in relationship with. You know, Perfect. it's, Perfect. you know, we train, we train our children to be disciplined. We train our, our friends to treat us the way we want them to. Um, yep. You know, I think that, um, and taking the time to train is really important, you know, and it's, it's not that, that your spouse is a, is like a puppy, but, um, but boy, do men love it when women are clear with them about what they need and want, because a good guy wants to make you happy. And that's something Absolutely. that I think a lot of women forgot. Um, yep. So yep. that's, that's an important message to leave us with is that, you know, the way to, the way to happiness is really to be clear and also to understand each other, not to take things personally, but use these phrases, these, you know, these wonderful phrases. Hey, that's a good idea. That makes sense. Oh, you're right. You know, right. It's like, like that saying, you want to be right or you want to be happy. <laughs> you know, it's oh, I like, love that one. I love yeah, that one. That, that's and it's so true. one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so Wendy, true. this was fantastic. And um, how uh, how can our listeners find you? Yeah, sure. I, I'm out there uh, at uh, connectagain.org. And I also have a Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash connectagain. And I'm also um, a podcaster and I work with two colleagues. We have a great podcast called Mighty Married Moms. And so uh, there's a woman that's a health coach, Mighty. And then there's myself, Married. And then there's a third coach who works with uh, 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 kids and families in coaching uh, parents. And so we're the Mighty Married Moms, and we have amazing guests that we um, uh, have out on our podcast. And so MightyMarriedMoms.com is another place. Awesome. Well, I've checked out your yeah. podcast. It's, it's fantastic and um, really great, great tips today for a blissful relationship. And uh, I'm glad your husband knows how to get off the couch and stop playing the banjo when he needs to, yeah. but also take the time to regroup when he needs to also, and you don't get angry anymore. Um, So thank you. you. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening today. And um, I hope that you all go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day. Bye-bye.